In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Coming to you live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Atlanta United drew with Portland 1-1 to here on Sunday. Portland opened the scoring. Uh, let me double check the time here. In the 32nd minute, by Larius Mabiala. Very good. Uh, off of uh, a free kick from a yellow card to Franco Escobar. And then Atlanta United finally tied the game in the 56th minute by Julian Gressel. I'll get into the finally in just a second. I'm joined as always, you just heard him, Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason? What's up? That was a. Uh interesting match today. Yeah, uh, we're going to get into some of that right now. Atlanta United finished with 18 chances created, which was second most this season. Uh, The Timbers uh, had, I don't even know how many clearances. Uh, Where is it? Here, 512. Yeah, 512 clearances. (laughs) It was a lot of clearances. Um, I can't find it on here. But anyway. It was a lot. It was a crazy game. You could sit up here in the press box, and you could see in the first half, Portland's bank of five, bank of four. It was just Atlanta United couldn't get a clear shot or find a clear path through it. So that they created all these chances is a good sign. But like so many home games this season, uh, I think I, I just wrote four out of their past five they failed to score more than two goals. It's just not the same as it was last season. No, it's not. Um, I think one reason it hasn't been is not having Tito Vijalba in. And I think, again, you know, even though you did get the goal right before that, and the goal was kind of a, a fluky situation all the way around, I thought the team looked better with Vijalba in the match. And you know, on a day where Joseph Martinez didn't have his best day in front of goal, and Somebody might have uh, gotten a fairly expensive facial mask yeah. when he threw it into the stands. Um, you need that extra goal-scoring threat, and you just didn't have enough of it. The fact that Vishalba came on and had more shots on goal than anyone else in an Atlanta United uniform and only played 35-plus minutes, I think, says a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a curious thing. And I was reading uh, how they do the press conferences here is Martino does his first in English, and then they switch to Spanish. I don't stick around for the Spanish because I don't speak Spanish, and they don't offer a translation. But Eric Quintana is always good enough to sit through both, and he tweeted out that Martino said that Vijaba isn't starting because he's still dealing with some nagging injuries, and and then if I remember this correctly, he's also having some emotional troubles, focusing on the game or focusing on the issues or something. It's a very odd thing to say because Vijaba just played 90 minutes in the U.S. Open game mm-hmm. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Wednesday. I thought for sure 
we would see him start against Portland based upon his recent form, especially compared to the recent form of Barco, who uh, is playing well, but just not really having the type of impact that Vijabas had. They're different. Yeah, I mean, they're different players. So I agree. I think Vijaba needs to play in this team. And I don't know what other problems might be there other than the injury that we've known about. I don't know if maybe just the, the work rate and training has not been what Martino wants to see. Um, and if that's the case, that, hey, that's, that's the case. Uh, it has to be consistent. But I want to see what this team can be with Barco, Vishalba, Almiro, and Martinez leading the line. I, I want to see what it can turn into. Well, I think you may see it next week because Nagby left with an injury. Right. Uh, possibly an abductor. Martino wasn't sure so that's kind of just more of a guess. So don't, it's so early. It's don't hard read to too much into that. But I think what you'll likely see next week is Barco, Martinez, Vijaba, Almiron, and Gressel sliding into the yeah. middle into that Nagby role um, against just a reeling and not very good Orlando City team right now. I, I, you could argue, and some people are already saying this on Twitter, that while Atlanta United does lead the Supporters' Shield standings and has the most points in Major League Soccer at 34, they just don't look like they're playing better than, say, a Red Bulls right now or an NYCFC. And, it, you know, I don't think I'd argue too much with them. Um, you got to look at the big picture. I don't think the Red Bulls and NYC or Sporting Kansas City is the other one I would put in that conversation are playing that much better than Atlanta United. No, no, no. Minutes. I just wouldn't say Atlanta United's clearly better. No, no, I don't think they are either. I, I think I think you have four teams in in those. Atlanta, the two New York teams, Sporting Kansas City. Maybe LAFC. Sep- maybe. See, the, I don't I don't rate them yet. I said maybe. I'll tell you why. So I think it's this way. I think it's those four. I think Dallas and Columbus are two that are really close. Yeah, Columbus is starting to drop a little bit. Columbus has had some pretty surprising and, and results Dallas lately. And played Dallas like it. Didn't know the Red Bulls pressed. Dallas had a shocker <laughs> just, yesterday. <laughs> just absolute shocker. So I have to question that. So it's four, then two. I think LASC is leading the next group. And the reason why is they've really struggled against the top teams. And people think Atlanta United has that problem. Right. The top teams and the ones that we just talked about beat each other up. Right. When you really start looking at the results, it's pretty much the same among all of those. I think the Red Bulls, last time I went through the full exercise of against the top 10, and I'll do that this week, the Red Bulls were the team that was the best against yeah, the best teams. they play bad against the poor teams. They play bad against bad teams. LAFC beat up every bad team in front of them, and they weren't doing anything against the top teams. So right. we'll see where that balances out. But those seven... I think are your top seven. There's a big drop after that. Yeah. I, Portland could get there. I think Portland has it in them to get there, but the way they play, it is limited. And today you saw it. It's very defensive, and it's today it was a line of five, and it was a true line of five, sometimes three, sometimes four, with trying to hit on the break, letting Valeri and Armenteros and Blanco just figure something out. That can only take you so far. I'm looking over to my left as Sam Jones, the light just got cut out on his video uh, for Dirty South Soccer. Uh, so I feel bad for Sam. Um, but back to this game uh, today. Um, Julian Gressel, I thought, played played well. 
Uh, he Great led the team half. in chances created, led the team in shots, uh, put two on target. Um, I thought it was an outstanding I, the second half. for Zizou substitution. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. I'll tell you exactly what it was because it was it was really scaring me as the second half went on, and I was probably driving Mike Conti crazy talking about it. Once Blanco was subbed out, even when he was starting to feel it, I mean, he was grabbing his right leg at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. As his influence waned, Portland's only other threat was Alvis Powell on the right side. Mm-hmm. And Alvis Powell is a dangerous attacking outside back. I think he ran Ambrose into the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey was, was just out of gas at that point. You had to bring on a left back to deal with Powell. Okay. If you didn't... Powell would have created a winner for Portland. Okay, well, so, that makes sense. I thought I think you were yeah. limited at that point. And that was the only option you had. So uh, back to Barco. We've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, he won a lot of fouls today. Four fouls, one. Uh, he had a tackle. He had two shots, three chances created. Three chances created. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, still. Still, I'm just I'm curious about how people are viewing his impact. Um, I don't think people know how to view his impact. I, I think yeah, it's all over the place fair. right now. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, this is the description, the, the bad analogy I tried to make on our, our post-game show. Uh, because someone compared him to Yamil Assad and said, would the team be better mm-hmm. off with Yamil Assad instead of Barco? I think Barco is the kind of player that you, you have to give him time to fit because of what the ceiling is for him and what the quality can be for him. Um, I think you can drop a player in and maybe get more short-term production, but you can't get the long-term vision of where this team will be unless you ride this out. And I don't even think it's... It's not like Barco's stinking up the joint either. No, I mean, no, not, not at all. He's creating three chances. He had four fouls earned. What I would like to see Ezekiel Barco do more of is to do more things himself. I still think he defers to the bigger figures on this team right now. And I don't think he sees himself as one of those big figures on the team right now. And I think he should, because I think the team would be better off for it if he will be a little nastier at times in the final third and take more chances himself and look to create things for himself. I think he always looks for the pass. Always. And sometimes to the point that he's forcing a pass or not giving himself an opportunity. And I want to see him have the confidence, and I want to see the team give him the confidence to do that himself. Yeah, that makes sense. He did take that shot, that cut in on his right foot shot, but it ended up going off of Miguel Amaron. More of that. Out of bounds, yeah. Yeah, that was such a fluky thing because that was destined for the back of the net. And it was was a typical... But not the best example of how odd tonight was. The two best examples were Joseph Martinez at the end of either half. The first half, he had basically an open goal. He was three yards away. It was a tight angle. And his header went all the way back across the goal. And then the one at the near the end of the game was even worse. I don't know how he missed it. But I he was almost think diving. it took a deflection on the cross coming in. I'm not 100% sure of that. I might be wrong, but I thought it took a deflection and he's trying to like shape himself in the air and couldn't and it went off his arm. Did it go off his arm? Yeah, it did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it went off his arm at the end of it. I thought it went off his head. But anyway, it went back across the goal again. He was practically yeah. in the goal. Yeah. Um, I there think was a, it took a deflection in front, but I'm not 100% sure. It was a heck of a clearance. 
for a shot. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it was that kind of game. Is that Lund United drops some more points at home. Uh, the good news is they're continuing to create tons of chances. The bad news is, unlike last year, they're just not going in. I want to go back and look. I need to do this maybe tomorrow. At how many goals Atlanta United has scored through this set of home games compared to its home games here last season? Because I bet it's a gigantic difference. It's a big difference. It has to be. All right. Well, we are going to wrap this up. Atlanta United will host an abject Orlando City team next week, which is should be good for what ails them. A wounded animal. Uh, losers of seven consecutive games. I, I tweeted out last night when I got home from a family reunion. A team with talent doesn't lose seven consecutive games in Major League Soccer. A team with talent that their interim manager who's been with them for a week said that some players needed to do more work for the team. He's only been there for a week and he's already questioning his players. That's why they lose seven in a row. That's a broken locker room right now. Yeah, well, I mean, they're slow, number one. There's not a whole lot of speed Mm -mm. consistently throughout that lineup. Uh their defense is still not very good. Their fullbacks no. are uh, – I think I think it was uh, Matthew Doyle who pointed out a while ago, their fullbacks are just unbelievably slow. And there's some teams in the East, Philadelphia, Atlanta United, that have speed to spare. Um, and it's just not going to be good. Uh, but to drop two consecutive games to Montreal, yep. five to nothing yep. total – Somebody has got to step up on that team, or the season is that's already spinning out of control is going to really get nuts. Yeah, it's just, it's a bad situation for Orlando right now. They've spent all of their money in terms of allocation money going into the season, so they don't really have any funds to to make any dramatic changes. Uh, their CEO Alex Letal had a press conference yesterday, and he said, "Look, we're not trying to bring in a manager to rebuild." We need a manager to come in and win now. Well, he's yeah. going to have to fix this locker room in a big way, and he's going to have to hire somebody who can come straight in and do it. Is that James O'Connor from Louisville City? Is it Caleb Porter? Is it Mark Dos Santos, who's an assistant with LAFC, who managed San Francisco Deltas in NASL last year to a title? It's not Scolari. It's not Scolari. It's not, and he already said it's not going to be Kaká in any type of role. Um, it's not Dunga. It's not any of those Brazilians that are out there. It has to be somebody who can step in and work with these players and get something out of them and probably be halfway you know, a psychologist to deal with this group. And that's the problem. But from the Atlanta perspective, you have a team coming in that has absolutely nothing to lose next week, a team that has to pick themselves up and probably playing for their jobs at the end of the season – and that can be a dangerous proposition when you have players with Sasha Kleschen, Dom Dwyer, players who can hurt you. Yeah, you, you would think that that has, would have been the case this whole time. But it should be. It hasn't. But you get a um, rival in front of yeah. you and, and crazy things I can just, happen. I don't want to see Atlanta sleep on it and think yeah. this is an easy win on Saturday. I feel bad for Orlando City's fans because while I don't always agree with the things they say and do, they do have a lot of yes. passion for their team, yes. which is more than I can say for other teams that are struggling. 100%. Uh, so, you know, I want Orlando City to be good for them because they are, they have invested themselves in, in the franchise. I want Orlando um, to be good. They deserve better than what they're getting. Yeah. I want Orlando to be good because 
it, it makes this rivalry better. And when this rivalry is what it was last year, it was a lot of fun. And it was very intense, and it was a good advertisement for the game, and it was a good advertisement for both cities. And I want to see that continue. I don't want Orlando to be like this. They can start that upward turn after next Saturday, though. We'll right. be okay. Right. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Jason, what do you have? Got overreaction Monday tomorrow. I'm sure it's going to be a doozy. Uh, blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here, 9 a.m. to 11. It's just Jarrett and I tomorrow. John's on a plane. So uh, all the tweets you want to send at us at soccer down here and at Longshoe. And again, Atlanta United ties Portland 1-1. to uh, The five stripes are still atop MLS with 34 points. They'll host Orlando next Saturday here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think it's one of the games where they open up the uh, the whole thing. So they'll go for 70-something thousand again. Um, I've already posted a game story with quotes. I'm working on the player ratings. I'll probably post them later tonight. Um, and I may do a sidebar. I don't know. It just depends on, on how much time I have before the end of the night. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll bookmark AJC.com if people still bookmark anymore. Or subscribe to uh, our app. Uh, you can get only Atlanta United News coverage from the app. You can set it up. It takes about five seconds. Uh, anyway, hope you're having a good night. Again, Atlanta United ties Portland 1-1. to Still on top of the Major League Soccer points total with 34. Talk to you later. <laughs>